This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. November 13th edition, post-UFC 205. Geez, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have so much to talk about. Man. UFC 205, Joe. Unbelievable. The, I mean, big, it's, it's exactly what they do. ever. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no worries, no worries, no worries. I thought that was your uh, your intro there, but uh, they <laughs> promised New York State. Well, it left me speechless. It left me speechless. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, the UFC promised New York State that they ever sanctioned and regulated mixed martial arts, they would guarantee uh, an amazing, big, huge, massive show, and and that's what we got. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought the show was sort of almost to the point where it was dragging on, but it picked up as the yes. bigger fights went on until we got to the very end there. And oh my god, wow. And the last two fights, well, the last three fights were just fantastic. Well, I mean, the, the finishes, the, the show climaxed at the right points. Exactly. Hot damn did it. Did it, man. And get this, Joe. I didn't realize this until this evening. This goes for all you people that are like, well, you're full of shit when you say you don't know a, an event is coming up in a week. Next Saturday, Joe, I don't know what the hell we're doing with the podcast next Saturday. I know we're going to have one. I just don't know if you'll be on it, because listen to this. Bellator, Henderson versus Chandler, two UFC shows, WWE NXT TakeOver Toronto, and Kovalev versus Ward are all going on at the same time. Well, one UFC card won't be, but four of those at the same time. The next day is Survivor Series. So I'm going to have to gauge and see where people want me to do this if i do it after uf or after nxt toronto it'll be an earlier night for everybody and then me and you can come back sunday afternoon and cover after we've digested all the mma that's going to happen so that may be what happens for those those of you asking needless to say fightful we've got carlos covering one event we've got david covering another event we've got ryan cook covering another event i might be covering one it's as the kids say joe it's gonna be lit yeah, it's, it definitely is going to be lit, man. It's going to be a busy, busy uh, weekend next weekend. But hey, man, this is what we do. This is why Fightful.com is becoming one of the best uh, and quickly becoming the best out there right now. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to be a part of the team. But uh, you don't become the best if you're not hauling ass and whooping ass and just you know doing what you got to do. So we got to do it, and that's it. Speaking of Flow Slam, or speaking of Fightful, I wanted to congratulate our boy Rob McCarron, former Fightful podcaster, host of Shake Them Ropes for accepting a position at Flow Slam, uh, a, a service in which streams our boy Matt Riddle and Evolve. I, I want to congratulate him. It has been awesome working with Rob McCarron. And honestly, as soon as I heard that he was up for it, I was like, well, he, he's getting that job. It's like, there's no way he's not getting that job. So I want to tell Flow Slam that's a hell of a hire and congratulate Rob McCarron because He's going to do great things over there. Much like great things happen tonight at UFC 205. Now, guys, 
A little podcast news before we get started. We are on iTunes now. Go check us out. We're going to have a button up on the site, but we, we are on iTunes right now. So make sure you check that out. Stitcher is uh, pending approval, but it's coming. Needless to say, Joe, this was red panty night for Fightful.com. <laughs> to say the least, man. Let me, let me check. Hold on. Oh, ah, mine are yellow. I got the yellows story. on. That's the story. Yeah. All right. That's great. <laughs> what did you think of the night as a whole? Uh, I thought it progressed uh, kind of slowly. Obviously, uh, we, we saw so many different matchups, and we figured that, um, you know, Things are going to be fantastic, but that doesn't always happen in mixed martial arts. And I, I, I totally understand that. You can't have perfect fights every single night uh, or every single bout. Uh, but as the as the event went on, you know, we started seeing some crazy things. And, and the main card uh, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, I, you and I were texting back and forth all night. And, you know, every time Frankie Edgar gets hit, a piece of my – or almost gets knocked out, a piece of my soul gets lost because uh, I feel for the guy. I've known him for so long. Uh, but then, you know, he's, the, just as it went on, we got into the main card from Misha Tate saying what she said at the end of the fight to just what happened with Romero or Romero and Weidman, and it just got better and better and better and better. And it's just, I, despite it not being electric from the opening bout in the fight past prelims, I think the card lived up to the hype. No ifs, ands, or buts. Guys, leave us leave us a ah, leave us a thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching on there. Obviously, watching on the Fightful.com website helps us out a lot more. Uh, we have new forums up on the site. Check that out. We're getting them more active. But uh, this show is one of the main reasons we that Fightful.com exists. It is an event that captures the interest of both casual fans of of hardcore fans, of people who aren't fans at all. Odell Beckham Jr. was there, one of the biggest stars in the NFL. Triple H was there of WWE fame. Uh, Gordon Ramsay was there. He might own a little bit of the UFC, though. I think he was one of the names. Conor McGregor is as good as advertised. And this, Joe, is why when people said, when, when Conor McGregor started this trouble with Tyron Woodley, people were like, McGregor, uh, Woodley would sleep him easily. I'm like, no, there's no such thing as sleeping Conor McGregor easily at all. And there were a lot of people that were saying he wouldn't even take that fight. And I'm like, guys, he would take Stipe Miocic on 24 hours notice if the money's right. He, when he says he does not give a fook, he truly <laughs> does not. It's just... He is everything that he said he would be, Joe, and that does not happen a lot. Do you remember when Roger Huerta said, I will never lose again? Yeah, definitely. He may have never won again. Yeah, I mean, Conor McGregor is just, you know, we, we, we play off that Mystic Mac thing all the time, and he's just something else. I mean, it's the point now, is he the best pound-for-pound fighter in the sport? I was reading stuff online, you know, is he the greatest of all time for what he just did? I mean, it's just in this short period of time that he's been on this UFC scene, he's done what no one else has ever been able to do. Uh, and you can list off so many different things from, um, you know, I guess the smaller minor things to what he did to Dustin Poirier to what he did to then bigger things like to what he did to Jose Aldo Jr. to, you know, doing what he did with Nate Diaz and then doing this. And then it's just like, holy smokes, this guy is something else. And I almost feel like, you know, it, it's it, – have we even really started? I mean, this guy is unbelievable at what he's done. And, 
You know, you can hate him, you can love him, you can be in the middle. It doesn't matter. This this guy, whenever he does anything, eyeballs are watching and he gets it done. Guys, if this is your first time watching the Fightful.com podcast, head over to Fightful.com. I don't want to give you any more pitches. Just do it. We got wrestling, MMA, boxing news, exclusive interviews, podcasts, all that good stuff. Sign up. It helps. Man, from the opening, this this fight played out a lot like we had speculated it would. McGregor's stance gave Alvarez a lot of trouble getting inside. Couldn't couldn't happen. That left uppercut, that left straight was there for McGregor the duration of the fight. Now, towards the end of the fight, Alvarez started to see it coming a little bit more. McGregor switched up with some body kicks and some jabs. Alvarez landed a couple of good leg kicks. He was using his foot, though. That can be dangerous, but not too – I mean, danger of breaking your foot, sure. I had somebody on Twitter saying, oh, he could Anderson Silva himself. Not not if he uh, turns his hips. He, he's not in any danger of that, really. What do you think McGregor said to uh, Alvarez when he landed those kicks? Because he was saying something. I was just probably talking trash. You know, you felt that blah, 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 or whatever. He's just doing something. But, I mean, you talk about that left hand and the way he, he throws it. And the one thing I know when, when I talk to John Kavanaugh, um, I'm going to have a couple of Bahrain stories from last year when I was in Bahrain because Kavanaugh was there, Nurmagomedov was there, Frankie Edgar was there, Hansel Gracie was there. Uh, but the one thing, and, and, and even talking with you and talking to other people, the one thing that that Connor does very very well it's not just the motion it's that people actually walk into the left hand which which makes it more powerful uh but even tonight when Eddie wasn't walking into the left hand he was launching it with some ferocity there was a couple that he threw that he missed and the way he basically not only the acceleration going forward it's also the snap back to ensure that his, his defense was on point just something to behold i mean it's unbelievable how fast he can launch it and how precise it can be and the power that he has remember he is the 145 pound champion as well he stepped up a division at 155 pounds and he was much 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 larger than eddie alvarez that's that's crazy how'd you score the first round i had there were some people scoring at 10-8 i had scored at 10-9 because i'd Outside of that first knockdown, I don't know that there was ever any threat of stopping the fight. But I, I on that first knockdown, I was thinking McGregor Aldo all over again. Yeah, no, I scored a 10-8. No ifs, ands, or buts, 10-8. Because the way I saw it, I mean, the fact that John McCarthy uh, did his best Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson, Usain Bolt sprint, mm-hmm. uh, that thing was That's about true. to get stopped. That thing was about to he get did. stopped. So instantaneously, 10-8, in my opinion, uh, even if John didn't do that. The fact, when, when somebody gets dropped like that and you can see his eyes rolling back, that's a 10-8, man. That that fight could have ended at any time, in my opinion. I mean, we were, it's, it is subjective. Uh, but, yeah, 10-8 for, for Conor McGregor for sure. And he was already cruising by the time he got into that second round. So, Guys, send in your questions either on YouTube or the uh, Fightful Podcast board. One thing I noticed that McGregor was doing, he was pawing a lot. But whenever McGregor or whenever Alvarez would dip down, McGregor would like pull that away. He didn't want to risk an eye poke. Like he was very cognizant of that. I, I noticed that on multiple occasions. He utilizes that front kick very, very, very well. Also, how far has Conor McGregor come in just under a year and a half as it pertains to takedown defense? Yeah. Very impressive. Chad Mendez to today, night and day. Yeah. Like the- Sorry, the front kick, when you mentioned the front kick, he he whips it. 
Yes. Right? Moy kick, uh, where you sort of it's, – it's almost like you lift the knee and then thrust out. He whips it. He's talked about it on numerous occasions. He, he throws it completely different than any other fighter. I mean, there are fighters that do the same sort of thing, but the way he throws it, he says flat out, it's like a whip. You have to whip it and aim for the liver uh, and just whip it out there. Man, it's just <laughs> – his striking style – Kind of similar. I, w- I want to say similar to an Anderson Silva. Very accurate. He is a counter striker. He doesn't utilize a lot of energy or didn't tonight. That's another thing that constantly improves with Conor McGregor. Watch his last three fights in particular. You can't really judge based on the Aldo fight. I don't think there's ever been any use of energy better than that in the history of the sport, maybe, than, th- than that fight. But Three straight fight. He, he, like, just a complete disregard for stamina in that first DS fight to where he was a little bit better in the second, but he still got really tired. To this time, I think that if he would have went four or five rounds, I don't think that it would have been anything like that Diaz fight, mainly because he didn't have somebody pressing the action because every time Alvarez did, he would make him pay for it. He would make Alvarez pay for it. So, and it, I thought that sustained for this length, he looked as good in this fight as he has in any fight, Joe. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look, I mean, the first Diaz fight, you're right. He just completely disregarded the fact that it was a 25 minute fight. You got to be smarter uh, than what he did in that fight there. And and, and the second fight, uh, obviously, the the leg injury hampered him big time. Um, he did go the distance, though. But in this fight here, yeah, he, his, his energy consumption was basically, or his energy output uh, was far more calculated. It was more reserved and just explode when you have to explode uh, and land when you have to land. So it's a 25, this thing could have gone 25 minutes and he was ready for that. Uh, but obviously with that precision and what he was doing and the way he was landing it, it's just, again, it, it just boggles my mind that he was able to land it the way he did against a guy like Eddie Alvarez. Uh, I don't want to hear anything from anyone that, that Eddie Alvarez was old and he's getting old. He's not, man. He's the, He was the world champion. He did what he did to Rafael Dos Anjos uh, in spectacular fashion Conor McGregor just seems to be on another level it's just you know it does what he does and uh the pawing thing I like we mentioned the pawing thing um I know a lot of guys that do that in training it's more of a also a timing thing uh, just to see what the reaction is uh they use it sort of as a feint but the pawing is also let's see where your timing is at and they count 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 and then they, they go on the offbeat uh to land so uh yeah it's just the, the guys on something just it's unbelievable man leading into this fight Over the past year, McGregor had sold 4.6 million pay-per-views. Now, here's what's even more impressive. That doesn't include the fights ordered on YouTube, on UFC.TV, on the PlayStation Network, on Xbox Live, anything like that, on Roku, whatever the hell else they they sell on. Just your traditional pay-per-view services. You add those in, it's a hell of a lot more, at least by the surveys that I've conducted and that we've had conducted a whole lot more. What do you think this pay-per-view does, considering that 194 did 1.4 million, 196 did 1.6 million, 202 did 1.65 million? I think this will hit two. I think it will too. And by all accounts, 196 and 202 very well could have with those additional uh, buys that I mentioned. Now, there was talk of 
Conor McGregor making a big announcement. Now, there, the speculation has been running pretty rampant that his girlfriend is pregnant. He didn't announce that. Instead, after the fight, he says, I would like to sincerely take this time after starting all these fights with everybody to say I apologize to absolutely no one. I think it was effing no one. Yeah, he said he's, he dropped some <laughs> F-bombs for sure. He did. He's just something else, man. He's just something else. He just doesn't care. Uh, it was a running joke after the uh, pre-fight press conference uh, at one of the places uh, that I do business with. Uh, you know, I walked into the place and people, did you see the press conference? Did you see Conor McGregor showing up late? Did you say, I said, did you see the very first thing that he said as soon as he grabbed the mic? I don't give up, right? And it's just... Anybody could say that, but when Conor McGregor says it, it's just it's, it just sounds so much better, and it makes more sense because literally the guy shows up late and he says that. Uh, and I still go back to the Jeremy Stevens thing. I wish we could input it on your side of the uh, the fence over there, and you could insert that. Who the f is that guy? I mean, it's just the, the, the guy is something else. He's a quote machine, man. Uh, he's probably got Chael Sonnen smiling right now. I mean, the, the guy's something else. But uh, I mean. I'd like to know what's next. I don't. I mean, there's, there's actually before, before I, I say what's next because I think he's going to disappear for a little bit. Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, uh, most people know that I was with George St. Pierre yesterday. I hosted the Q and A with George St. Pierre. I've asked the organizers, organizers of the Gentleman Expo, to please put that whole video online. I don't know if anyone else recorded it and put it online, uh, but there's a lot of sort of. There wasn't much talk of Conor McGregor. But the same type of situation, I believe Conor McGregor will be in shortly. Uh, well, he'll—I mean, he, he called the UFC uh, cheap mofos on the microphone. Where's my second belt? Yes. Where's my second belt? Well, these Can guys you believe are, they didn't have that damn thing out there? You know what, man? That—that that, honestly, John, I don't want to take shots at anybody, but that wasn't cool. You know, he deserves to have that second belt there. Yeah. It, it should have been there. He talked about it at length leading up to this. All I want to do is take pictures with two belts. I want to make history. He was already doing it. Yeah. He did it before the damn thing. But the fact is, the reality is he did it for real, made it official, and there should have been two belts there. So I don't know who would have made that call to not, to have that second belt there, but it should have been there no matter what. Uh, I was also sort of surprised um, you know, that Joe Rogan was like, don't worry, you'll get your belt. That's not the point. No, that was not the point. The point is he wanted the belts then and there because you're only on camera for so much. Don't think you're on camera for an hour after you win the title. Hey, holding those, having those two titles over your shoulder in front of Madison Square Garden on a historic night in the cage is a hell of a lot different from having it at a post-fight scrum. Bingo. That's way different. Bingo. So there should have been, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm not playing that. I'm not trumpeting the Trump card or trumpeting. Wow. Trumpeting the McGregor card. But I think the right thing should have been to have those two belts ready to go at any time. But to go back one moment, Sean, for my George St. Pierre thing, um, I really want that interview to go online as soon as possible because uh, it, I, I was getting compliments about it. And I, even GSP's management, I said, look, guys, it wasn't me. It was all George. I was going to hashtag um, the tweets and the stuff saying, you know, hashtag shots fired. Uh, I can't wait for you to watch this interview to hear what George St. Pierre said, because I guarantee you Fightful.com will spin a bunch of articles around that because the stuff that George said, taking shots at the UFC, t- talking about a union, t- it, dude, it, it was something else. So hopefully we can get that online. And- uh, i tell you what, there are two guys, George St. Pierre, Donald Cerrone, 
Uh, those are two pretty good names to get talking about a union. Uh, we are not done talking about Conor McGregor, guys. We will be talking about him throughout this show. We will splice it in between fights as well. But um, I want to say this. Now, I don't know who the guy was that they had putting the belt on McGregor. They probably should have had him put it on a little earlier, too, because even when they announced the fight or announced the winner, he was like, where, where are you, guy? You're supposed to be putting a title on me right now. Where are you, guy? They didn't ask any. They didn't ask Eddie Alvarez anything. Oh, nothing afterwards at all. Nothing. Yeah, I think Eddie was in a pretty I, I bad mood. He said something to Connor afterwards, and Connor was like, "Dude, come on, man, really?" So, well, I think it's a that's also a Joe Rogan thing. He, which I I do admire this, the fact that he said, "I don't really want to interview guys after they've been knocked out and of course, finished yeah, yeah. like that." So, yeah, uh, kudos for that, but. Uh, man, poor guy. We worked so hard. He, he, there was a period where Eddie Alvarez, you really didn't know if maybe he would ever fight again because of the Bellator situation yeah. and the contract. And he sat out for a long time. And then he ruined Bellator's plans. And then, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on there. And he fought and he got the title. And as uh, one of my teammates, John Kessel, was saying tonight, he really got that – he was lucky to get that title shot because Khabib had been hurt and Ferguson had just got hurt. And Nate Diaz was off dicking around with Conor McGregor. And uh, what else was there? Michael Johnson hadn't started his his resurgence. And Edson Barboza just wasn't quite there yet. Uh, Donald Cerrone had just lost. So there were a lot of guys who had taken themselves out of contention. Conor McGregor took himself out of the equation by losing to Nate Diaz. So the fact that he was able to get that title shot in July was, I don't want to say lucky. It wasn't lucky, but it was a very fortunate set of circumstances for him. And he, he uh, proved a lot of people wrong. Now, as I watched that fight today, that Dos Anjos fight with Alvarez, I watched how many shots it took to stop Alvarez or stop uh, Dos Anjos. And I was like, man, Conor McGregor can take a punch way better than Rafael Dos Anjos can. And it took over a dozen of those punches to stop Dos Anjos. If Conor McGregor has that type of opportunity, he's going to land a counter shot and win. Well, he didn't need a, he didn't need to weather any storms. He took some hard punches from Eddie Alvarez and just pushed forward. Yeah, he's got a chin. Uh, not the greatest uh, thing to absorb as your career goes on, but the way, like I said, his movement and the way he's able to counter, he's just something else, man. The guy's just fantastic. Let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, uh, I haven't looked at the pound-for-pound pound list uh, in a while, but he's, 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 he's got to be number one, man. How can you make the argument that he's not number one? So, as I mentioned, we'll be taking your questions throughout the show, talking a lot more about Conor McGregor. But let's talk about the complete shit show that was the announcement of the co-main event. So Wonderboy Thompson and Tyron Woodley had a fantastic fight. Just an awesome fight. First off, I want to ask, how would you score it, Joe? I scored it 48-46 for Woodley. I scored it 48-47 for Wonderboy. The fight was a majority draw. However, <laughs> Bruce Buffer, not only did Bruce Buffer run out of the cage before announcing it, I don't know if it was because the mic went dead or anything, but that should have given 
people ample time to figure this out. I don't know if it was the New York State Athletic Commission issue. I don't know if it was a Bruce Buffer issue. I don't know what the hell it is, but they announced it 47-47, 47-47, and 48-47 Wonderboy. A what, – what was that? Or, Woodley. It was for Wonderboy. Woodley. Or Woodley. Woodley. Sorry. Woodley. Yeah. 48-47 Woodley. And they announced that as a split decision win for Woodley. It was not. That, my friends, is a majority draw. If you, For those of you who don't watch a lot of MMA – if something happens on two scorecards, that's it. That that's what happens. That's what it's taken it. This was a majority draw. Now you could always make the argument, well, Woodley won on more scorecards. And you know what? In this situation, I wouldn't be opposed to that. In the event of a majority draw, I wouldn't mind the fight going to the guy who won on one scorecard. I think that's more than fair, to be quite honest. However, Woodley got kind of a little moment taken away from him, just snatched out of his out of his grips. Bruce Buffer reannounced, and they did the double hand raise thing. What did you make of this whole, just uh, really a shit show? Before we get into the fight, well, that's a massive fiasco. I mean, uh, well, I'm not gonna lie to you when it, when they said 47, 47, 47, 47, uh, I think it was 48, 46, if I'm not mistaken, for yeah. Tyron Woodley. I said. How can it be for Teron Woodley? That's a majority draw. That makes absolutely no sense. But then I started second-guessing myself, and I quickly started searching my files going, let me look at these scorecards again. Hold on a second. Two, two of one is one and one. And I was like, wait a second. I know it's a majority draw. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. And then I texted you right away. I'm like, dude, this is a majority draw. This is not a victory for Woodley. Uh, so it's it's two things I can say. Not only is it a big fiasco, and I guarantee you uh, it was – well, I shouldn't say I guarantee you. Uh, with Big John McCarthy being there, he probably was the one that caught the correction because this is what he does when he's not refing uh, and at a school. He is teaching MMA judging and MMA refereeing through the command course. Um, so the fact is, A, either the commission screwed it up or B, Buffer screwed it up. So one of those two, or both, because there's no, well, you have to look at Buffer and say to yourself, dude, what, you can't read that as a majority uh, for, for Tyron Woodley. There are two draws, two scorecards are draws. That is a majority draw. you got to question it right away if they're telling you Woodley won. Well, no, Woodley didn't win because according to the Unified Rules of Mixed Martial Arts, two draws and one victor is a majority draw. So um, just just a fiasco. But yeah, we can we can start talking about the fights. So this is not the first time it's happened either. This happened to Ian McCall and Demetrius Johnson in their first fight, only it wasn't corrected in the cage. Nobody knew the people left the arena and didn't even know. They had no idea that the fight was a draw. They thought, they thought Mighty Mouse Johnson won, and really he probably should have won that fight. But um, it, they, nobody knew until the, the press conference. But, uh, man... That can't happen. This fight was the best and worst of both men. Woodley was gassing after his, his flurry. Like you even said it to me, Joe. You sent me a text. He, he looked tired. And it's so funny that Woodley is – he's often compared to Machida. And they fight so similar. Like in, inside the cage, their successes also come when they're aggressive. But a lot of times they're not aggressive. But when uh, Thompson got aggressive now with the rare occasion that – outside of the rare occasion that Woodley would counter and just club him, he would find a lot of success. At one point, 
I thought that Thompson actually prevented a 10-8 round by gaining top control for the last minute and pounding away. But I thought Woodley had that fight finished. That was very close to being finished. And I feel like maybe you know if he wasn't as tired, that, that fight would have been over. By the way, guys, we will be bringing you any news from the press conference if it starts. But uh, needless to say, I'm not convinced Conor McGregor's going to be on time for it. So we decided to go ahead and get started. Joe, your thoughts on this fight? An awesome fight that was unfortunately – it'll unfortunately be remembered for what happened after. Yeah, I mean, the, the fight was absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think you and I um, – sometimes even when we talk off-air or we're texting, whatever, the one, the one thing I'm cognizant of, and I don't even know if it's, it's a fact, but I, I'm very careful about my own karma – uh, so I'm careful with what I say about people that sort of do the same job as I do. Um, but the one thing I know that I do uh, when I call fights for Titan or for Ryzen is I never say it's over. I never yeah. I've been around mixed martial arts for 20 years plus. I never, <laughs> ever, I'm ever say, the hard way. never say a fight is over until you see a tap or until you see a referee. I don't care how tight a submission looks. I don't care what kind of a beatdown some guy is getting. I mean, Wonder Boy got a beat down, and then he was in a submission. There was no tap. He kept fighting. It's not over. It's not over until it's over. And I it just it's it's one of those things that sort of rubs me the wrong way uh, when I hear commentators from various organizations say, "Oh, this is done, done like dinner. It's over." Ah, it's not over. You can see. I mean, there, there's times when it's you know extremely obvious. But the one thing I know, Sean, is when a guy, and it's because I know, you know, Wonder Boy personally, as well as his dad, this, and, and this is something that George has said, even said a lot last night, when a guy or girl is in a title fight, it's their, it's their, like, not defending the title, fighting for a title for the very first time, nine times out of 10, they are willing to die in there, as bad as that sounds. So don't say it's over until it's this over. Is- this is actually a, an argument that relates to pro wrestling that I've had. There's a lot of people that that hate what we call false finishes, where a big move happens and somebody kicks out. Now, I argue that with, hey, if it's a pay-per-view, if it's a big match, I sure as hell buy it because I've seen people that I've trained with. I've seen people that, that I know. I've seen fighters pull uh, – Misha Tate, perfect example, against Holly Holm. You can never count them out until they're out. So if a pro wrestler kicks out at 2.9 after taking a power bomb in a pro wrestling match, I'm cool with that to, to tie it in since we cover a little bit of everything. And Thompson and Woodley, man, they both had they were both spot they they both had spots where it looked like it could be the end. Um, when when Thompson started to cruise, started to land at will, that's concerning. Now I'll ask you this. Do they run this back? Yeah. I would think so. And I want to see it. People, I think everybody wants to see it. And if you do, you've got to hope that Cerrone gets past Matt Brown, and then you, you have to make Cerrone versus Maya on that show, that same show. That's, that's natural. And if you're not doing Cerrone-Maya, you just put Cerrone on the card anyway in case one of those top two fighters pull out. Like, you, that's... Because you know Cerrone's going to show up and fight. You just know he will. You were loving Tyron Cerrone's Woodley. gear. You were loving Cerrone's gear tonight, eh? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the bolo tie. I wouldn't even know. I don't, 
I barely know how to tie a regular tie. I, what in the shit do you do with a bolo tie? <laughs> I don't get it. It's a cowboy thing. Good for him, man. For once, hey, did you see the fighters love that Reebok like jacket? The leather they jackets, the leather? yeah, they, they love it. Loving it, man. Hey, as long as the fighters are happy. Uh, as I said, we'll be we'll be answering your questions in between. Somebody says, "What's next for Conor McGregor?" Well, I know one thing, Joe. A Nate Diaz title match at 155 would make a whole hell of a lot of money for the UFC. You know Just what? Saying. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> I wasn't tweeting much at all tonight. I just wanted to watch the fights. I wanted to enjoy it. And you know, sometimes I'll have some of those those little barbs and sarcastic tweets that I throw out there, Sean. And one of them was going to be as soon as Connor won the fight, I was just going to tweet out Nate Diaz is already cutting weight to get to one fifty five. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just saying, you do that and you do Khabib Ferguson on that same card. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> uh, and, and we'll get into Khabib later because Khabib was a guy that a lot of people were, were calling for um, for McGregor to fight. Now, now, we will talk about that, of course, at length, but I think that, that it could be Diaz. Now, the thing is, McGregor picked fights with Woodley, who retained his championship. <laughs> The, the option of Aldo is always there. Jeremy Stevens is off the table now. But I, I wrote an article last night about how good Conor McGregor is at staying two steps ahead of the game. Whether he's got a win or a loss, he always plans fight. You remember when he picked a fight with Uriah Faber with no real plans to fight him, but he wanted that option there just in case. Like maybe he didn't get past Jose Aldo. Well, if he didn't get past Jose Aldo – He's got that Uriah Faber fight just sitting there waiting. And that would have been a good pay-per-view fight. What, what do you think about what's next for McGregor? Well, the one thing we haven't heard much from McGregor, he hasn't picked a fight uh, with somebody that picked a fight with him tonight, calling him a chicken. So Nurmagomedov called him a chicken, said, what the, like, what's, he's basically said, what's wrong with this organization when a guy's in a title fight tonight that tapped out earlier this year? He's a chicken. I want to fight your chicken. I was like, oh, that's all right. That's pretty good. It's a chicken just drew $17.7 million at the gate. Uh, thanks to Chris Lacey for sending that in. A damn. Yeah. A damn. Wow. 17.7. It's pretty good. Yoana and Jay Check versus Carolina Kavolkovich. Joanna looked really good. Carolina had some some bursts of, of hope. She uh, she won around. One thing I really noticed, the kicks of Joanna Yenjacek, especially, especially the head kicks. It's hard for me to, to compare them. They are like the, – well, they're the easily the best high kicks of any female MMA fighter I've ever seen. Like they just – they're so fluid. They're so perfect. Her front kicks are very, very good. Um, she got she was slugged a couple of times, but ultimately, man, she is just a wrecking machine, Joe. She's an absolute beast. Uh, but the one thing that I would challenge you and uh, for anyone watching right now that may have missed that fight for whatever reason, uh, I encourage you, um, again, messing with my karma, I encourage you to watch that fight with no volume. Watch that fight with no volume, and at the end of the fight, tell me how you think Carolina did. Because she got her, she got beat. Don't get me wrong. She got beat. 
but it wasn't as bad as as it was it was they were making it sound. The fact that she landed a nice combination ending with a right hand to Joel or Joanna or Joanna's nose. Then they clinch and then they, they go against the cage and then when when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lena pushes her off. They then notice the blood, and they say, oh, the blood must have came from the push. Actually, no, the blood came from a very nice combination that was landed, and she was landing a lot more than they were saying. At one point, she had landed 46 or 47 punches. They showed the graphic, and never had you once heard in that fight that she was landing anything. It was all, get J-check, get J-check, get J-check, which wasn't the truth at all. Uh, she was beating her down. She was giving her ass whooping, but it wasn't like Carolina wasn't landing. She was actually landing. And just, I feel yeah. bad for fighters that have to one day go back and listen to that fight and, like, wait a second, what, what, what are they calling here? I mean, that's yeah. just not fair. That's why I'm, I, I'm as cognizant as I can be whenever I call fights that the, the two people that are in there are one day going to watch this. And I don't want them ever to rip me apart. I want to be as fair as possible. Unless there's times when they're not doing anything and it's just like, what's going on here? Like guys, like or girls, like you got you got to fight. But other than that, I mean, yeah, she got beat down. She Joanna's just that great. She's amazing. Her her technique is ridiculous. When she starts teeing off, at one point she was playing with her, Sean. I was like, oh man, this is not good. Uh, yeah. But she got rocked. She got hurt. I mean, yeah, Carolina got hit with a lot. But who's the one that got? Who's the one that looked really bad after the fight? Who's the one that almost had the fight lost? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, Carolina's great. She's doing good. Blah blah. blah. Come on, man. Show her a bit more respect, please. What's left for Joanna in that division? She beat Kavolkovich. She's beat Gadelia twice. I think she beat Esparza, right? Yep, to win the title. She beat Esparza. Nama Yunus. I I don't think she. Nama Yunus already lost in a title fight and just can't piece the wins together to get back there. Now, I guess, you know, it was a split decision loss to Carolina. So if Rose Namajunas were to win a fight, you could arguably say, give her the title shot, especially considering she's one of the more leaders in that division. I, you know, I, I would be okay with that, especially if you're struggling to get a contender for Ioana. Well, who else is there? Jessica Andrade. She's only won two fights in that division. I'd like to see her win one more. Tisha Torres, Joanne Calderwood, Paige Van Zant, Valerie Letourneau. She already beat Valerie Letourneau. Yep. But those girls, 
they got to do they got they got to win the fights to get there. And Paige Van Zant's a long way away. Although I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves. By the way, I think she's a much better fight than when people compare her to Sage Northcutt. It, it just infuriates me because all things considered, I think that Paige Van Zant, pound for pound, well, in her division, w- way higher up on the totem pole. Obviously, she's a ranked fighter, but uh, not not a bad fighter. I think Paige could beat a lot of the girls in the top ten. Where do you think? She, where do you think? Joanna goes. Alexa Grasso is on the come up for sure, but that'll yeah. be a while. That'll be a while. There. I mean, there, there's no one in in on the horizon just yet. That they've got to really clean, not clean up the division. They, there's got to be some fights that got to be put together. Almost, I almost feel like ASAP if you want to yeah. see yeah, Jacek back in the octagon again. I mean, I think she did say she's going to take some time off, anyways. Um, you know, she did just move to Florida. She's with the Marion Top Team, so she'll be getting her training in. Uh, but in terms of a challenger. You know, I think she has to, you know, eat, move up to 135. That's what it almost feels like. I mean, or, or, or come up with a 125 division. Uh, but other than that, there's there's really nothing for her, in my opinion, in the, in the very near future. These ladies got to some way, somehow, someone's got to start standing out. And I think, uh, you know, Grasso is going to be one of them. It's going to start coming up real soon. But you can't just give it to her just yet, in my opinion. She's got to win at least two fights uh, to get up there. You know what I would suggest in the meantime? Joanna versus Shevchenko at 125 sounds like a lot of fun. I can dig that. Just as let the strawweight division sort itself out. If if Joanna gets beat by a much bigger fighter, there's no shame in that. I'd be okay with that. So has Shevchenko fought at 125 before? Uh, let me look. I think so. If not, she probably should. Yes. I mean, just, just looking at her, like, I mean, just on the surface level, I think she could make 125. So yeah, I think you're right. But I, I don't know if she she's actually compete, actually competed at 125 pounds. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if she has either. I mean, she fought Jan Finney who has fought Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that was, if there was ever a 10, seven round, that was Jan Finney Cyborg. Yeah. How much money can Connor demand now? Probably as much as he wants. He may make more than any like American athlete this year does. Well, I don't. I don't know about golf and tennis. I'm not that educated on that, so I, I want to backtrack on that. But he's making a lot of money. I heard upwards of forty million altogether this year. It's a hell of a lot of money. Well, according Weidman, before ahead, you go, before you go on to Weidman, there just to go back to you know um, how much money can he make or should he make or will he make? Um, God, Sean, you are going to love this interview. Some of the stuff that George was saying, he's like, "Why would I come back?" He goes, "You look at all the other pro sports from NBA, NHL, NFL." The, the revenues or the revenue split between the players and the associations is sometimes around 50 50. He goes, I'm not coming back for 8%. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And now you got Conor McGregor making this kind of money. And if he realizes that he's only making quote unquote 8%, how much more can he actually make if he was actually getting quote unquote 50% or 50 yes. 50? So, sorry, go ahead. You can go, I guess, to, to the Wideman Romero. Weidman Romero. Okay, so this fight was not like exciting by any means. Uh, Chris Weidman looked in control early on. By the third round, it was a toss-up. 
And then Yoel Romero landed this flying knee that opened up just a disgusting, disgusting hole cut. I would liken it to like if you had a full gallon of milk, you were to stab it and just milk would pour out. That That's what this cut from Yoel uh, Romero did to – or the cut on Weidman's head did. It was sick. It was gross. And you can't deny Yoel Romero anymore. He's earned that title shot. Now, I don't know how long it'll be until Bisping gives him that title shot. He has an orbital injury. But, yeah, this is sick. All I got all night when Romero won, uh, and you can people watching can go to Fightful.com, go to my article, and I kept getting texts. I got texts from Mexico. I got texts, obviously, from Canada, from the States, from overseas, asking me about Romero, saying, how did you know? How did you know? Because that was basically the only upset I picked on this card. I really felt the matchup between Weidman and Romero, and especially when you said, you kind of, Sean, when you were saying about the neck surgery and the Kurt Angle joke and stuff like that, that was what threw me over the edge. I said, I think Romero's going to win this fight, man. I really think he's going to win this fight because when it boils down to the striking, obviously, I think Weidman has the edge there. He's more, he's going to push the pace a little more. Romero's kind of that slow fighter that then explodes, but if it boils down to the wrestling, you might be able to take Romero down. You're not going to keep him down there, and eventually he's just going to do it. I'm not saying I'm overlooking Chris Wyman and saying he's done, but the, the ass whooping he took from, from Luke Rockhold, that sticks in your brain, in my opinion. I think that sticks in your brain. Then he gets injured. Then he has the surgery. Just I saw that coming. Man. I just, I, sorry, I didn't see it coming. I felt like something was up in this fight. I didn't like this matchup. Even one of GSP's uh, uh, manager slash handlers slash financial guy was like, how did you know, dude? Like what? How, like, cause we were ripping each other all day based on some of the picks that we had in this, on this card here. I just, something was there. I thought Romero was going to be that guy and he did it. I think he gets that title shot. Uh, I'm also not too sure, uh, that Bisping has an orbital injury now, uh, again, based on what George said last night, Sean, you're going to love this interview. He does. I mean, what does he say? Tell me what he said. George flat out said he was training for the Bisping fight up until yesterday. Really? Up until yesterday. Dude, when he when we were in the green room, and when he got up, when he saw me to come and shake my hand, this guy was ripped. He didn't look like he was not training. Like, he's always in good shape, but when he's in training shape, he just looks different. You could see the cut in his jaw and stuff like that. He was ripped. And he flat out on stage explained everything. He was ready to go. And it was yesterday or today. No, so it was yesterday or the day before where he finally said, that's it. The fight in Toronto is not happening. So he was ready to fight Bisping up until uh, yesterday or the day before. So um, I don't know that Michael does or doesn't have an orbital injury. Uh, I should probably confirm that with some people that I know that know him. Or I can just find out from him. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, I don't not impressed with Michael, you know, giving the finger and double fingering like that. I mean, there's other ways you could do things, but I guess if you want to sell a pay-per-view or set up a fight, that's something pretty good uh, to do. But yeah. All right. What did you think of the fingers and stuff like that? I was cool with it. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the steroid motion. Uh, I mean, there's always speculation with Romero, but he was clear to that. There's no proof. He's been tested 15 times this year, 15 yeah. times. Uh, uh, Dana White says at the post-fight presser that UFC 205 broke the company's pay-per-view record. Uh, this would be the third time this year that Conor McGregor has done that. 
Third time this year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it's going to be Romero uh, Bisping, it appears. Now, a lot of people say maybe Souza beat him and the Kennedy fight iffy. There's nothing iffy about this. He beat the brakes off of Chris Weidman. He landed on Chris Weidman's neck on the way down, too, which gave me some some worries. A, a guy who still deals with a neck injury myself. The angle. Go watch that again, guys. The angle in which the, Romero landed on that neck. Gross. Souza beat who? That Souza beat Romero. No, did Romero beat Souza? Yeah, there were some that, that argued that Souza should have won that split decision. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Somebody says, "Who do you think Connor could, or do you think Connor could go after a welterweight title shot?" I would have thought so if Woodley would have won. But since there was a draw, I think they'll run that back. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think you're both. You're right on both occasions. I think if Connor had the opportunity to fight Woodley, he would do it like right now because he's already causing a mess with him. You saw Woodley respond to his tweet and or or, say, or fire off that tweet, taking a shot. Uh, at Conor McGregor, uh, he would do that in a heartbeat. But the fact is that that, that you know, the scrap with Wonder Boy ended up being a majority draw. I think they got to put that fight back together. We need a winner. I agree. Raquel Pennington defeated Misha Tate, and Raquel Pennington wasn't really a surprise. I mean, she surprised a lot of people, but she's been a contender. She's always been a contender. We talked about how deceptive her record was uh, earlier this week. But the real story about this fight isn't that Raquel Pennington won and upset a lot of people. Misha Tate retired, 30 years old. Now, listen, guys, I'm not telling you that you should go to her Twitter and say, hey, Misha, do a podcast on Fightful.com every week. But you should. You should absolutely do it. Because I would love to do a show with her every week. I think it'd be great. This also, I mean, it caught a lot of people off guard, but the, the retirement, but she has been thinking about retiring for quite a long time before she was champion. Well, first things first, I don't know anybody that's been championing the Raquel Pennington record and contender more than you. So let's give credit where credit is due, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Rossap has been just drilling this into anyone and everyone that's been listening, saying, look, she is the real deal. Uh, she's been one or two decisions away from being undefeated uh, since coming to the UFC. So, Sean, i got to give you props on that. Second of all, uh, you don't have time to do a podcast every week with Misha Tate. Okay, you got enough stuff going on. Jimmy, Jimmy Van won't, won't let it go. He's like, Friday. Friday co-host. Get the best. Get the best. So I'm looking for the best. Jesus, Jimmy Van. Leave the guy alone. He needs a break. I mean, when don't you work? You're like nonstop 24-7. But okay. I do work every day. All right. You do, actually. I mean, I got to give you credit for that. Um, Misha Tate retiring. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot of stuff happened on this show here that were, you know, I feel like, a, you know, I'm getting old, man. A piece of me just continues to just die every time there's a UFC event. And Misha Tate, who, who both her and Brian have been absolutely golden to me uh, with my career. Now she's another one that's walking away. And I think she's doing the right thing because, you know, someone had sent me a message, uh, I think on my Facebook or on my Twitter, saying she'll probably reconsider because technically speaking, she's one fight away uh, from getting a title fight. The division's not that stacked. I'm like, well, yeah, actually it is. Uh, it's yeah. it's a it's a stacked division, but, you know, I, I think she's making the right call. Get out of the sport. Um, if you made your money, get out of the sport um, with, with as long as you're not 
concussion prone and, you know, you still got your brain intact, get out of sport while you can, hang them up. Uh, you were the world champion. Uh, you've had a great rivalry. You did the ultimate fighter. People will always love you. Um, get out if you can and, you know, maybe try acting or something like that. So I'd love to see her back, but I'm very, very happy for her. Somebody asked me, Misha Tate to WWE, if she wants to, absolutely. You think she, she could do it? I 100% think she could. Um, now, the charisma is something that a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, she's this beautiful woman and blah, 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 and that she'll, she'll have charisma. It doesn't always translate like that from MMA. Rampage Jackson, King Mo, Tito Ortiz were all once considered charismatic by MMA standards, and then they went over to TNA Wrestling, and they fell completely flat. It is a different kind of charisma. Um, it, it doesn't, it's just not the same. Now, meanwhile, you have people like Matt Riddle and Shayna Baszler who go over and they're not known as the most charismatic people in MMA. And all of a sudden it clicks for them and it's like, wow, well, this is something they were meant to do. It's a different kind. Hey, Brock Lesnar, not known as the most charismatic pro wrestler came over to MMA. It clicked for him. The thing that I think Misha Tate benefits from She's 30 years old. A person like Shayna Baszler, maybe 34, 35, 36. That extra five, six years, the UFC knows that it can get out of them. They say they don't like their people to be over 30, but if if they're around 30, maybe a little older, and they've got something special to them, they'll take a look. If Misha Tate wants that, I think she can absolutely get it. There's no reason she couldn't. And that's that's certainly a viable option for her. Really is. We had Frankie Edgar versus uh, who was it? Who the f was that guy? <laughs> That's why I wish we had that soundbite. We got to get it some way somehow. I know, I know. Well, Jeremy Stevens had three rounds to knock out Frankie Edgar. He didn't do it. Not many can. And Edgar's very much in this favor situation where he's not knocking off the top guys per se. And um. <laughs> But he is knocking off the contenders, and he knocked off another one tonight in traditional Frankie Edgar fashion. He did it. He did it his way, and he did it dominant. Now, a lot of people, you know, they were talking about the McGregor thing, and I'm like, man, that reach, that reach advantage that I saw, it's even more of a factor if he faced Eddie or Frankie Edgar. So, man, I don't know. But, but your, your quick thoughts on Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens. Um, I, I think I'm officially done watching Frank Yeager fights. I can't watch them anymore. I can't. It's, wow. it's, 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 it's heartbreaking, man. When I see him get dropped like that, I just kind of like, no, 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 no. Cause we, I mean, they're, they're, we're talking about our families and our kids all the time and stuff like that. And, I just, and as he said, it wouldn't be an Edgar fight unless he got dropped. I know, but I can't watch it anymore, man. It just, a piece of me dies. My soul gets taken from me every time he gets dropped in the octagon like that. And I'm like, oh my God, he can do it. Yeah, I know he can do it. He's done it a thousand times before, but eventually he can't. And I don't think I'll ever be able to stomach, um, you know, seeing Frankie get knocked out uh, and finish. So, um, I tell you though, man, Jeremy Stevens landed a whopping punch. He's 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 raring to go. He's got he's always had the power. Uh, but good on Frankie for recovering. Uh, I enjoyed the fight. Don't get me wrong. It's it's tough to swallow, tough to watch, and it hurts. But man, it's a good scrap. I I don't know what Frankie can do from here. He's gonna keep knocking off contenders, and then we'll see what happens with Jose Aldo. And you know, <laughs> we got to talk about the fact that if Conor McGregor relinquishes 
if he even wants to, decides to relinquish that 145-pound title. And then Jose Aldo automatically becomes the 145-pound official featherweight champion. Connor's going to rip him to shreds. That's a fake belt. That's my belt. You're fake. It's just it's, Connor's got fights yes. everywhere. Oh, we've got a hot rumor right now. Here we go. A hot rumor. Now, this is not confirmed. Um, oh, okay. No, it is confirmed. Ooh. White says about McGregor, I'm not supposed to bring his belt. He's supposed to bring his belt. So we took Woodley's belt and gave it to Connor. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. So hold on. Just I, that's It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy. But this is why I've always championed the fact I cannot – no pun intended. I cannot – Yeah, go ahead. You know what's even funnier about this? What's that? In the past few days – well, okay. At one In that cage, Conor McGregor was holding belts that on Wednesday belonged to Tyron Woodley and Eddie Alvarez because Eddie Alvarez and Conor McGregor's titles got switched at the press conference. Correct. <laughs> so neither of those belts – were actually McGregor's before that press conference. Not only that, he's been chirping at Woodley all week. And now I got to say this. The amount of respect that I gained for Woodley for letting them have his belt to do that, that goes through the roof for me. That that says a lot about him as a person after all that he and McGregor have, have been through this week. Mainly McGregor, because Woodley has straight up said, listen, I would absolutely do that fight, but... It's not something I see happening. So um, thumbs up to Tyron Woodley for doing that. Now, just to go to briefly go back to my point, this is why, Sean, I've been saying it for years that when a champion walks to the octagon, somebody should be behind them what they did in boxing or they do in boxing where they have the belts up. I love that look. It's called me a traditionalist. I love the look of a champion walking to um, whatever – form or whatever medium of, of whether it's a cage or ring with somebody holding the belt behind him or he's got it or her has it over their shoulder that's the champion show that you're the champion um especially for people that have never seen conor mcgregor or don't know who tyron woodley is or who's the champion blah blah and, and you're in a bar and the audio is not going i just love i absolutely love the look of a champion, somebody behind them, someone from their entourage with the belt. If that would have happened tonight, this whole thing with Conor McGregor, Tyron Woodley would never have happened. Another thing from the press conference, Tate refused to go to the hospital. Dana White says he tried to get her to go, and Tate said, fuck you, I don't work for you anymore. Oh, hey, how are you? Wow, okay. Listen, hey, hey, Misha, you can work for Jimmy Van, Sean Ross Sapp, the good people at Fightful.com. If you want to go to the hospital, you can go to the hospital. Listen, we won't make you. I think you'd do a great show. I think you. I may or may not have reached out to her this week already <laughs> about a podcast. May or may not have. Ari and Dana White also going to Russia in the next few weeks. Yeah, guys, this show is running a little bit later than usual. Sorry about that, but we're, we're wrapping it up soon. They're going to try to do a show in Russia. So I guess Dana White's pretty happy that the, the Putin-Trump relationship is is smooth sailing. Did they talk um, to Nermagomedov about it yet? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, they should. No. Khabib was screaming at uh, Dana White between rounds against Johnson, screaming, give me that fucking belt. Damn. Well, speaking of, boy, there's a lot of question marks around Khabib Nurmagomedov after his dominant win over Michael Johnson. Now, for the first two or three minutes, Michael Johnson wasn't doing too bad on the feed. He was doing very well. That's always been the concern about Khabib Nurmagomedov is uh, – how he can take things on the feet. It wasn't that good. It looked pretty rough. Like, and I always thought that was Michael Johnson's best shot was to land a big punch, not to pick him apart because that leaves Khabib too many openings to do exactly what he did and take down Michael Johnson. Now the things that Khabib Nurmagomedov was doing to Michael Johnson on the ground were things that you don't see top five, top 10 fighters doing against low level UFC fighters much less another top six fighter who can wrestle like Michael Johnson can. He was doing like arm in mounts. He finished him almost mercifully in the third round with a double wrist lock. Like he, he was just like him and big John like colluded. They're like, let's get this guy out of here. Cause he's not giving up. And also much respect to Michael Johnson for that. Were you surprised by the outcome? Nope. Not at all. And I, I told you heading into this fight that, you know, I, I, I understand why people have Tony Ferguson as the number one contender. May I not that now. Khabib Nurmagomedov. I, I told you. I said, you tell me, Sean, after this fight, will you change your mind? If, is, is Habib Nurmagomedov the number one contender or is Tony Ferguson the number one contender? I know you want to put that fight on. You want to put those two guys to determine so who's the number one. Yeah, it's, it'd be fantastic. But I'll tell you this. He got – Johnson was landing some nice strikes in the opening minutes of that fight. But once Habib gets on top of you, man, it is different. I'm telling you, I have seen Habib firsthand in training when we were at Bahrain. We were at the Prince's Compound, and you know he was there, and Frankie was there. I told you the names of Hansel Gracie. Kavanaugh was there. And I got to tell you, man, Habib Nurmagomedov is a bad bad man his technique his skills are something else and when he used to, when he gets a hold of people and he gets on top of them it is more than a mall and brawl man this guy just fierce and fierce and now we're talking about what what johnson did to uh to nurmagomedov oh, man if, if conor mcgregor lands one of those pudgeons on nurmagomedov i don't know man it's good it can get real ugly but he called him a chicken so let's start i want to see the fight done so that's another big question. Here's the way I see that. Uh, if Khabib gets on top of you, it's probably a matter of time, no matter what. However, the weakness, the glaring weakness that I saw in Khabib Nurmagomedov tonight was him on the feet. Conor McGregor, if that's Conor McGregor in that cage, and he's got two and a half minutes before he's taken down, I'm sorry, but I don't know that it'll last that much longer with Khabib's striking skills because his striking skills as compared to an Eddie Alvarez, we're talking like a first grader against a, against a senior in high school because Khabib does not have it on the feet like that. He doesn't. Now, that's why I would like to see that Tony Ferguson fight. I think that would answer a lot of questions. If Khabib is able to overcome the reach of Tony Ferguson, especially if it's um, – especially if it's – utilized in the way that it was the last four rounds of the Dos Anjos fight for Ferguson, then, you know, Khabib's got 
a hell of a lot better chance against McGregor than I'm giving him right now. Now, either way, like I said, if if Khabib closes that distance, that could be it. He could be on top of Connor, and you could call it a wrap. But hey, that's that's why we fight the fights, right? <laughs> that's what I want to see. Tim Boach with a big knockout over, over Rafael Natal. Vicente Luque over your boy, Bilal Muhammad. A couple of big finishes there. Jim Miller with sweet MMA karma over Tiago Alves. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of these three uh, quickly before we get into the first fight of the evening and then wrap up? I'm not talking about Bilal Muhammad. That's obvious. Uh, <laughs> that's That one broke my heart. Obviously, I hope Bilal's doing fine. I'm sure he is, but uh, that was tough to watch. Uh, yeah, Jim Miller and, and a Tiago Alves fight. Um, surprised Tiago went the full 50 minutes. I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, yeah, that was that was yeah. sweet MMA karma right there. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, Tim Boach over Rafael Natal. Yeah, that was that was just Tim Boach. I mean, if if you've never watched MMA before, you see Tim Boach in the octagon, you're like, what the hell is that guy doing in there? He looks like a guy who works a carpentry job and just doesn't tell anybody that he fights in the UFC. And just like one night, his carpenter buddies are like, is that fucking Tim? Right. Is that Tim? Exactly. exactly. In Madison Square Garden. And then he goes back to work on Monday, puts on his hard hat. And they're like, Tim, did you just fight in Madison Square Garden? And he's just like, when's lunch? Yeah. Right. Like he's like he no sells it. <laughs> like he's I've talked ice fishing with Tim Boach on numerous occasions. He literally looks like about four of my ice fishing friends. Like he that, yeah. that's what they look like. They're just regular dudes, nothing special about them. I love him. Mechanic, literally one's a carpenter. Uh they're just regular one's a truck driver. Like they're just regular guys, blue collar. That's what Tim Boach looks like. And he goes in there and hauls ass and just knocks people out. <laughs> he's awesome. He's like 11 and I think 8 or something in the UFC. He's He debuted at UFC 81. David Heath, I think it was? Yeah. He launched him in the he, air. Yeah. He heaved him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, and I'll never forget Yushin Okami. Like, you know the pro wrestling European uppercut, right? Yeah. The only fight I've ever seen ended by European uppercuts. Well, he made him American uppercuts on that night. He sure as hell did. Oh, he, he just held the guy, held Okami in place and just went under repeatedly. One of the greatest comeback victories in, in MMA history, really. That was just I was there for that. I was there for that, the Saitama Super Arena. I remember the arena just, yeah. that was the first time there was actually some volume with the Japanese fans. They started to yell and scream. They're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, bang. See ya, you're done. Love Tim Boach. I love the dude. We also saw uh, Liz Carmouche with a big return against Caitlin Chikagan. Caitlin Chikagan is going to be a player in the future. I, I friended her on like Facebook in February of 2014. I think she was 4 0, 5 0 as an amateur, and I saw one of her fights, and I was like, this is a girl to watch for. This is one we need to keep our eye on. Since then, she racked up another amateur win, and then eight pro wins, and then became the first person to make the walk at Madison Square Garden in UFC history wasn't enough to uh, overcome Liz Carmouche, but this is a real good win for Liz Carmouche after God, it seemed like forever since she had fought. And she is the type of person 
that I wish the UFC would keep more active because I love the way she fights. I love the heart on her. I, I like what she stands for as a fighter. She really is a gamer. And now she's coming off of back-to-back wins over Lauren Murphy and, and Caitlin Chikagan. You just got to get her more active, Joe. Yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin's, uh, she's intense, man. She's no joke. She's super, Train, super trains intense. Trains with Alvarez, Weidman, and uh, Edgar, I do believe. Yeah, yeah, no, she's super intense, man. I think you're right. She's going to be a player in this division, guaranteed. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think, I think it was more than just um, Liz's skills that won the fight. I th- same thing when we broke it down on Wednesday. This was experience. It was experience mm-hmm. and being able to to handle certain situations that made her win this fight. So good for Liz Carmouche, and I think you're right. I'd love to I'd love to see her continue to fight at least you know every three or four months. Somebody says you're not going to talk about the amazing fight between Edgar and Stevens. We did, we did. Stop bringing up Edgar, guys, please. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Somebody says Connor has literally no one to fight at featherweight. That could be argued. It could absolutely be argued. I mean, I think. Aldo deserves his rematch, but you could absolutely argue that. Uh, Frankie Edgar can't piece together the wins. Max Holloway has been beaten. Ricardo Lamas also can't piece together the wins. Anthony Pettis might be a guy, but he lost three in a row at lightweight, the division in which McGregor just won the title at. I wouldn't be surprised if we never see McGregor go back to 145. If you want me to be completely honest, I don't want him to go back to 145 because it's not a healthy cut for him. I don't want to see him damage his body. I don't want to see him hurt himself to do that. You know, eh. Also, Misha Tate retiring automatically or by default launches um, Ronda Rousey into the number one spot. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's just, yeah. Makes me laugh, to be honest with you, but uh, yeah, it's, that's fine. We'll see. <laughs> Woodley says, if McGregor wants to fight, I'll sign it right now. I just don't think it's a good idea for him. That <laughs> <laughs> a boy, Todd. I, I, think, I think McGregor would do it. I think he would do it. Uh, Tate did eventually go to the hospital. Um, Dan White says that his team made a lot of mistakes heading into this event that he's not, not happy about. We'll talk about that as we wrap up. That is absolutely true. From Rashad Evans' fight to not – Keeping in touch with Kelvin Gastelum, where you at on your weight cut, buddy? One of those. The double belt situation, um, the 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 decision reading, and it seems like it all piled on. You know, it's like if – and my, my wedding went perfectly, just saying. But I could see it's like you plan a wedding. You plan it for so long. You think about it for so long. And it's just like bad stuff happens, but ultimately – the night's still fantastic. That's that's perfect. That's yes. That's exactly the whole thing. The night was fine. Dana White were there hiccups, yes, but it was fine. Yo, we had full coverage at fightful.com at fightful online. Go follow us on Twitter and Facebook, please. More live viewing parties than any other website. Period. Reddit anywhere. We cover all UFC, MMA, uh, or Bellator. Fight Pass shows, WWE, TNA, NXT, boxing. We got it for you. We're working to add more content, more and more and more. Joe, what do you have to tell these people before we go? 
Well, I, I just want to thank everyone. If you're still up uh, on the East Coast, I was projecting to be up till about 4 a.m. Uh, with yes. the three title fights on one card. Well, Sean and I did it. It's only 3 a.m. Uh, and you know, I'm still I still got energy. But uh, I want to thank anyone and everyone uh, who is still watching right now. Thank you very much. We sincerely appreciate it. Keep giving us love on the site. Promote it. Social media it for us, guys. Get it out there because uh, we're having a good time and we're going to take this thing to the next level. Uh, absolutely love being a part of Fightful.com. Uh, and please encourage uh, Sean Rossap to some way, somehow, get some rest. Hey, they got me an assistant now, or an associate editor, and Alex Palowski. I thought that that would allow some more time off, but really it's just allowed a redistribution of the time that I already spent to add more content, so there you go. But hey, guys, I want to make this site what you want. Go over to the forums, have some fun. We're going to be doing contests, giveaways, DVDs, signed books. Uh, I don't know, maybe we can talk to an action figure company, anything like that, collectibles, all kinds of cool stuff. We are back Monday night after Raw. That's going to be a tough one for me. The Bengals will be playing then. But I'll be here. Fightful.com, guys. Thank you all so much. This is one of our most watched live podcasts we've ever done, and it's at 2 to 3 in the morning. Like I said, next Saturday we will be doing a podcast, but it will likely be covering the NXT Toronto show. Then I'll probably do one with Joe that Sunday afternoon if he's around, and then we'll do one after Survivor Series as well. Guys, thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.